We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last but not least, we're going to have a little recruiting conversation today. That is going to be part three of today's show. And, you know, just kind of looking at this class, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, they've got 17 commitments right now, nine on offense, eight on defense, number one ranked class on rivals of 247, primarily because of just, let's be honest, sheer numbers. They have more players than everybody else, but it's still a very, very good class. But there's still a lot of questions about the 2017, excuse me, the 2025 class. And not just the 17 commitments, but then the players they have coming down the pike. So what I want to do today to wrap up this show is I want to talk about some of the biggest question marks that remain for Notre Dame in the 2025 recruiting class. And how these questions get get answered is going to, number one, tell us a lot about where the group ranks at the end of the year. and But more importantly, number two, and what I care about a whole lot more than rankings, is what kind of impact this class can have on the Notre Dame football team and the future of the program. So that's kind of what uh, I want to discuss today. And that's what these questions come from. So I'm going to just go one through six, not necessarily order of importance, but just kind of, I think it builds on each other properly. Number one is for the most part, you've got to keep this class together. That that's where you're at. And the reality is, is you're going to lose players. Every class has decommitments. Notre Dame has already had what one, I believe right, CJ May. I believe, no, Nate Roberts. I always forget about Nate Roberts. We've had two decommitments in this class already. You're going to have others. Sometimes decommitments happen because the player just decides to go elsewhere, and some decommitments happen because you would like the player to go elsewhere or you over recruit him. That's going to happen a lot more on this staff with this staff, I believe, than, than past classes because this staff has shown a much more greater willingness of recruiting beyond their numbers. And it's, uh, it's needed in today's era of the transfer portal 
because you never know. I mean, a year ago, you're thinking, ah, we're good at receiver, man. We'll take two and we'll be fine. Probably, you know, shoot for three just because of the kind of class it is because you just got Braylon James. You just got Jaden Greathouse. You just got Rico Flores. You just got uh, K.K. Smith. You've got Jordan Faison coming in as a walk-on. He stepped up early, you know, middle of the year. He's you've got five freshman receivers. You've got commitments from Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, Logan Saldate, and then just like that, boom, after one season, Braylon James is gone. Rico Flores is gone. And now you're in a situation where, okay, now you need three or four in this, in this class. And so that stuff is just going to start happening more and more and more. I think Notre Dame is a little bit more protected by it to the volume of other schools because so many kids make the, de- the decision to come here for the degree. But at the same time, it's just it's going to happen to Notre Dame. So you've got to be willing to go beyond your numbers. And even before the portal cracked in the way it did, Notre Dame was often short on numbers because they would get their targeted goal and just stop recruiting. And then they'd lose a couple kids from the team. They would have an injury. They would lose a couple kids from the class. Next thing you know, you're down to a 20, 21, 17, 18, 19-man class, and you've fallen way short of your numbers. That was constant during the Brian Kelly era. This staff is much more willing to make sure that they will never be caught shorthanded. And they learned from their that lesson from what happened a couple of years ago when they lost Peyton Bowen and they lost Keon Keeley and players like that. So I, I do like that aggressiveness. So, so some of these commitments are going to kind of be mutual separations. That was the case with CJ May. Nate Roberts was not a mutual separation. Notre Dame wanted Nate Roberts in the class. He just wanted to be the only tight end in the class. And Notre Dame wasn't willing to have him be that. So he left. They were willing to make that. So even though they wanted him in the class, it was something where they were not willing to give in to what was needed to keep him in the class. Totally fine with that. And then there's players that you lose that you don't want to lose. Simple as that. And Notre Dame needs to make sure that they don't have those kind of departures. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about Deuce Knight here because I am frustrated by a a lot of what's happened with Deuce's recruitment and none of it really having anything to do with Deuce. 
basically what's happening is, is you have people that are just driven by clicks that are going to use him to, cause he's a very nice kid. He's a very open kid. He likes to do interviews. He likes to talk to people. And so people are just going to take advantage of that and use it to get clicks. It's just the reality of it. You know, I, I was, I had a, a guy down at the recent 707 he was at. You guys know him, Brian Smith. Talked to Brian about it. And, and you know, I asked Brian, I said, look, you know, what is Deuce saying down there? And he goes, look, he had, I was not even with him. He had a couple people come up to him and they were asking about visits. And he, he looked at these people who are not Notre Dame people. And he says, I'm only visiting Notre Dame. He has not told Alabama he's going to visit. He's told Notre Dame all the right things. He's telling other commits the right things. He's still recruiting for Notre Dame. There's nothing about Deuce other than people perceiving certain social media responses to be about that because they're already paranoid uh, about what's happened in the past and because of things that I just think are being said that are just not true. I mean, Chad Simmons reported this the other day as well at On3. Uh, Chad's a guy that I like a lot, respect a lot. I don't like the, I don't respect the company he works for, but I respect Chad. And he said, look, Deuce says he's strong in his commitment. This is not someone that Deuce would be, you know, spinning it to, right? He's a Southern guy. He's a Georgia guy. He's an SEC type of guy. He doesn't work. He doesn't only cover them, but that's the region he's from. And he told Chad, I'm strong in Notre Dame. This is not like Peyton Bowen, where he would say one thing and go somewhere else. This is not like Keon Keeley. Could it eventually get there? Maybe. But I'm not going to judge Deuce on the actions of other people. I'm not going to judge Deuce on, well, this guy lied, so I'm going to assume Deuce is lying. I don't want to live that miserable of a life. And honestly, I don't think it's fair to judge Deuce that way. If Deuce gets to the point where he's going to go somewhere else, he'll tell you. He'll tell the staff. You've got a kid who who has a family that supports Notre Dame. They ha- they're very respectful people. I, I just I'd be shocked if they would allow him to play that game and be dishonest. That's just not how this young man was raised, in my opinion. So I think a lot of the stuff with Deuce is overplayed. However, the counter to that is we do as Notre Dame fans have to prepare for the fact that teams are not just going to stop recruiting him. And yes, it'll be a bit of a relief when Alabama finally gets a commitment to twenty five class. It'll be a bit of a relief when. Ole Miss gets a commitment of 25 class. But even then, they're going to not stop recruiting him. But you have to be willing to, number one, stay out of the kids' DMs. For the love of all things holy, stay out of the kids' DMs. Don't go emotionally DM or tweet at a player because you don't like what someone reported about him. That's just ridiculous, okay? Um, So I just, you know, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just telling you I'm going to go by the kids' actions this is not clickbait. I don't care about driving up my reputation. I don't care about any of those things. Right now, here's the story. Deuce is telling Notre Dame. He's only visiting Notre Dame. Deuce has told other schools he's going to visit only Notre Dame. He's telling other prospects he's only going to visit Notre Dame. Until that changes, I'm just, I just think it's unwise for us to obsess over what somebody else is reporting. Okay, I'm just I'm going to give the kid the benefit of the doubt until he gives me a reason otherwise. I'm just going to, and we're not in this channel just going to con- constantly uh, harp on. He had this like there's some he had this emoji in his tweet, and I think that means he might be decommitting. Stop, stop, right? Like what was that thing that mean for my stop? Seek some help, right? This is not a healthy behavior on your part uh, to to be reacting that way. Let's let the kid enjoy this process. And if he decides to go on a visit, then we can deal with it then. But until then, Deuce is the leader of this class, and we're going to treat it that way. But we're also not going to be so naive to act like there's no chance 
anyone can decommit nowadays. Anyone. But until we have reason to believe that beyond just someone saying from a source is saying this, we're just we're going to go with it that way. But it doesn't change the fact that it is important to keep the class together for the players that you are okay, that you're not okay losing. Question number two, how will the receiving class finish? This is a really big question. This might be one of the biggest questions in this cycle for Notre Dame. I look at the receiving board, and there I'll be honest, there are some things that this staff has done I really like. Love Elijah Burris. Completely understand taking Sean Terry. Totally go with it. But there's some other decisions. You just kind of scratch your head a little bit and be like, I don't get that one. I don't understand why this staff hasn't pushed harder for Dalen McCutcheon. I don't. He likes their name a lot. I think he's a heck of a player. They're not as high on him. I don't know why this staff didn't push harder for Cooper Perry. I think they could have got a commitment from Cooper Perry if they wanted him. I really don't, I really don't get that. Doesn't make any sense to me. But that's that's the path they're going. There are some guys that they are just not on that you, they've tried to get on that just don't have interest in Notre Dame. Quincy Porter, the staff has done everything they can to be on with him. He's, he talks about Notre Dame. He may visit, but they're just trailing a lot of other schools. Taylor Taylor, I think the staff has done as much as they can to be on with him. He likes Notre Dame a lot. I think he's one of. I think they're one of his top three or four schools. It's a long way to go. Derek Meadows is another one that they're very high on. It's a battle, right? I mean, he. I kind of felt like he was kind of lent trending towards Washington when Kalen DeBoer and that staff were at Washington. They've now offered him at Bama. He's got a much bigger offer list now. Do I think Notre Dame has a chance to land him? Yes. Do I think he's the lock to Notre Dame that, that some others have kind of hinted at or reported? No. There's a lot of work to be done there. And then Raiden Vines Bright is another guy that the staff likes. Those are the top three. In my view, and, and talking to sources, those are the top three guys on the board at receiver left on the board. You've got to get at least one of them to, to for this to be a good receiver class. And if you want this to be an impact receiver class, you need to get two of those three guys, in my opinion. That's where they are. And right now, I don't know that they lead for any of those guys. So there's a lot of work to be done, which makes the receiver position, to me, arguably the biggest question mark on the board for Notre Dame. So that's something that we're going to have to find out. Can they finish at a high level? And I've heard excuses for why they're not. Oh, they don't throw the ball enough. But they weren't throwing the ball very effectively when they landed the great class with Great House and Braylon James and those guys. They weren't throwing the ball very well when they landed Cam Williams and Micah Gilbert and Logan Saldate. That's not it. It's just one of those years where they've made some decisions that are we'll see if it pans out or not. And it's just they're they're just – the coaching change, I think, is kind of factored into it, not from the standpoint of I don't think Mike Brown's a good recruiter. I don't know yet. But there was a long period of time where the receivers coach wasn't really putting in the work, even when he was here, that you would need because I, I think he kind of knew his time at Notre Dame was done. That's just my opinion. But I do know he wasn't putting in the same work that he was early. So that makes receiver a really big question mark as you look at how good this class is going to end up being. I like the start, but the finish is going to be very, very important. Question number three is the Viper position. What's happening at the Viper position? Right now, there's one Viper on the board that's a pure Viper. That's Damian Shanklin from Indianapolis, plays at Warren Central High School. He has been considered a strong Notre Dame lean for some time. I, I have just, I was talking about Ryan about, Ryan with, about this earlier, and we've both just kind of, we, we feel Notre Dame's a leader. We felt Notre Dame's a leader for a while. 
but we've had a bit of an uneasy feeling about this one for a long time. And just some of the comments he would make to us and, and the fact that he was, was really, let's be honest, unwilling to pull the trigger and commit to Notre Dame in this class. And I just kind of felt like Notre Dame was the leader more so because they were the biggest school on him than it being because he loved Notre Dame, if that makes sense. Well, in recent months, he's had a lot of bigger offers. Tennessee's on him now. I think there's a lot of interest for him in Tennessee. Ohio State plans on bringing him on campus in March as of right now. If they offer, that one concerns me. I just don't know it, that Damian Shanklin ends up in this class. I think it's still possible. You know, they're still battling for him. But that's going to be a much tougher finish than a lot of people think it's going to be. I, I, I would like if I if if we were doing the crystal ball thing, which I hate. I can promise you, I would not have a crystal ball in right now for Damian Shanklin to go anywhere. Uh, so I think that one's going to require a lot of work. This is a big one for for Al Washington as well. He's done some good things on the recruiting trail, some ups and downs. You've got an in-state kid who is a top 100 talent. You've got to land him. This is a big one. And right now, I'm not super, super confident that they're going to be able to get him. If they get him, great. Love this D-line class. He is a talented kid, very twitchy, can play Viper, can play big end in certain looks. A kid that didn't have a lot of sack production last year, but has big-time sack potential. Very, very good run defender already. This is the kind of difference maker you need to be landing every year on the defensive line. You compliment him on the opposite side of Chris Ver- Chris Burgess. You've got an outstanding one-two punch. And now you've started to, you know, three years in a row, you've landed some Vipers. You ended up getting Bubakar in the 2022 class. He's turned out to be a Viper, even though we didn't know he was going to be at the time. You got Logan Thomas last year. Cole Mullins can play the position, uh, who you guys know I'm very high on. And then you come out and get Damian Shanklin this year. You're rolling. Well, right now, I don't know that they're going to get Damian Shanklin. And and so that's obviously a big question mark. And then where do you turn if you don't get them? I think there's a chance they end up just not taking a Viper in this class. The other option, because they don't count Dominic Hulek as a pure Viper. He is a, he's, they don't count him as a linebacker. He is a money position. That's what they call it. He's a hybrid guy. But he can play it if you needed him to. Another option is to take a fourth linebacker and try to get one of those linebackers to be a guy that could play, maybe eventually grow into it, like Josh Burnham types. And, and, the, and the guy that I have in mind, obviously, there is Marco Jones. I love Marco Jones as a linebacker. I think the kid is an absolute stud. He's one of my favorite players in this class. He doesn't get talked about a ton. I, his, his ranking is a little strange to me. I must be missing something, apparently. He's ranked as a top 100 guy by one service who has him at 88. Two others have him in the 180s. Rivals doesn't even have him in the top 200. I watch this kid's film. I see a six foot four, 225, 230 pound freaky athlete that can play linebacker. And if he can't play linebacker, I think it could grow into an end. And he's been receptive to that conversation. He actually brought it up to Ryan in the conversation one time because a lot of schools are talking about that. If you miss on Damian Shanklin, I would I would love to see them make a run at Marco Jones and say, hey man, we're going to recruit you at linebacker. You obviously know that there's a chance you know, to, to, to move here as well. Somebody asked about Josiah Kia. He's like 6'2", 210 pounds. I don't see him being a Viper. Uh, there's not a lot of other linebackers on the board right now that I see as growing into Vipers. And so uh, to me, uh, I'm, I'm going to look at this and say, 
if you get Damian Shanklin, it gets real sketchy about whether or not you can get another Viper unless you want to try to recruit Marco Jones as kind of that hybrid, hybrid guy. End of the day, my mess, my recruiting pitch to Marco Jones would be, Marco, you can play wherever the heck you want, dude. Seriously. You can play linebacker, D-line, both, whatever. He's that kind of talent, in my opinion. And so if you were able to rebound and get a kid like him, that would make me happy. The ideal is you get him a linebacker and Damian Shanklin and Viper. That's the ideal situation. But if you don't get Damian, then it'd be nice to, to see maybe Marco kind of fill that role. I'm not saying they're not going to get Damian Shanklin. I'm hoping that they can. I'm simply saying you have you have to prepare yourself that this is not the, the slam dunk that I think some people thought it was going to be for a while. They're going to need to really get some work done there to, to get back in, in – not to get back because I, I still think – I mean, if he named the leader today, I think I'd probably say Notre Dame's still the leader for Damian Shanklin. I just think it's very tenuous, and I don't know that I'll still say that in a month. That's the concern. So you've got to you've got to be prepared for that. I do think Notre Dame is aware of that. They're battling. They just have to make sure that they've got a plan B if they don't make it happen. Because I don't know that you can just assume that Cole Mullins and Logan Thomas are going to be that guy. Uh, you know, I just I think you need to have a plan in place, and we'll see what that plan is. A lot of time left between now and then. And somebody asked about it handling his recruitment properly. I, I don't have any issue with what Notre Dame has done with Damian Shanklin. They've been on him for a while. They've had him on campus multiple times. They're going after him. Like you guys know if Al Washington or, or Al Golden or Marcus Freeman or Chad Bowden wasn't handling this recruitment properly, I'd say it. I don't know that there's a lot they could do. They've been down to visit him a bunch of times. They've had him on campus a bunch of times. They show him all types of love. I just don't know that he necessarily was excited about playing at Notre Dame. That's my read on the situation. That can change at time. They've had guys commit to Notre Dame, sign with Notre Dame, be great players in Notre Dame that weren't initially fired up about playing in Notre Dame. So hopefully Notre Dame can kind of still win that battle. I don't. I think it'd just be more of a crit. The only criticism I would have is you got to close. I, I sometimes it's just it's not that you the process was fine. The the convert you built the relationships you need to do. You you were active enough. You you went down some enough. You had more camps enough. You just weren't able to close for whatever reason. And they're going to have to figure out a way to close. That's the key. And it, it'll be it'll be a miss. It'll be a, a sort of a, a bit of a, a I don't say black eye. That's too strong. It'll be a it'll be a loss for Al Washington if, if they don't get him. But it's not one where I'm going to react the way that I did when they lost Justin Scott. Right? I felt like you didn't do everything you needed to do, so you couldn't close because you didn't even do all that. That's not the case here. I think they're doing everything they need to do. They just have to figure out what else needs to be done to close the deal. That's the question. And if they can close on it, that's a huge pickup because Damian Shanklin is a very, very talented player. Question number four, and this ties into a little bit. What's the priority on the linebacker board and who are they going to get? Josiah Key is in the class now. Right now, I believe Antoine Delorier is a guy that if if I was, you know, Ryan actually said this to me when we were talking about the show today. He said, if I if I did crystal balls, this kid would have one. Uh, he said somewhat sarcastically, but the point from the conversation was Notre Dame is in a great place with this kid. And they've done a great job. They got on him kind of early. It's kind of like when, when a lot of other schools were getting on him. But Max Bola has done a great job so far really getting – 
in a great position with his kid. Obviously, as for those who don't remember, he is a kid that's originally from Canada. He is now playing at uh, Rabin Gap uh, in in Georgia, which is the same high school as uh, the kid that uh, Notre Dame had a commitment from a couple of years ago at defensive end. It's completely drawn a blank right now. Uh, who 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 that kid was? Ended up signing with Vanderbilt. Give me a second. I'm going to look that up because this is going to really bother me because I cannot believe I can't remember that kid's name. Just give me a sec. He was, I believe he was in the 2022 class. Don't you hate when that happens? Like, you know, you can picture the kid. I can see his face. I remember watching this film. I just can't remember what his name is. So just give me one second here. It is, find it. D-line, D-line, D-line. Let's go to the defensive line here. Darren Agu, that's who it was, who Notre Dame had a commitment from, ended up decommitting, really just didn't want to compete, to be honest with you. Uh, with other players in the position and end up going to Vanderbilt. He's from the same high school, strong kid, pretty twitchy downhill athlete, not great change of direction relative to other guys, but just uh, as far as like a pure Mike, has a lot of talent, a lot of potential, and he's still learning the game in a lot of ways. Feel good about where they are there. Again, it's just about closing. Then it's like, okay, but what, what next? You have a really impressive board. That's the thing that you get excited about. This is a great linebacker class. I mean, you could look at a guy that's maybe seventh. If, if Notre Dame had a one through 10 ranking, you could pick the guy who's like 10th and say, that's a good football player. And pick that. You get the fifth, seventh, and eighth guy on the board and be like, that's a heck of a, that's a heck of a class. That's a really good class. It's really loaded nationally in that regard, but also Notre Dame has gotten on a lot of guys. And so when you look at the board right now, it's a deep board, but the question is, who do they lead for? Who are they going to get? And so right now, the guys that I believe are actual legitimate options for Notre Dame right now, I would say Brett Clatterball, sort of. I don't know that they're pushing for him right now. Madden Ferrimo just listed Notre Dame as the top one of his top four schools. I do not believe Notre Dame is the top two, but it's much – I'm just glad they're on the board. Next step is getting him back on campus. He hasn't been on campus since last June. you got to get him back on campus to have a shot, but they're in, they're in the game. Christian Jones – Marco Jones, Christian Jones right now, I think Notre Dame's in his top three. I think Nebraska's the clear leader right now. Marco Jones, I think he's wide open, likes Notre Dame a ton, likes some of the West Coast schools a lot as well. He's on the board. No, McHale, USC's a, a, a strong position with him. Notre Dame is obviously in a good position with him as well. you got to get him back on campus, but he's a legitimate target. Gavin Nix, Brian Smith had an update on him on the Notre Dame board or on the Irish Breakdown board at boards.irishbreakdown.com, talking about how he listed the five schools that are kind of recruiting the hardest. Notre Dame was one of them. I don't think that they're in a great position there, but they're in the game with him. You've got Anthony Saka. I think Notre Dame right now is at worst number two for him with Ohio State. You've got Nathaniel Owusu-Botang. I think those are the top targets for him. You know, he's still kind of wide open. You need to get at least one of those guys. Ideally, you'd like to get two to go with Josiah Kia. And if you're able to land Ant Antoine Delorier, if you don't get him, you have to get two of them. I, I do think that, that well, two from a number standpoint, you only need really one for me to consider it being another step towards cl closing the gap. But to me, numbers-wise, I think you need three. There's a chance they could go to four in this class, not counting Dominic Ulak, who's who's being recruited as more of a hybrid player. So right now they're going to have to figure out it because, and of course, Antoine Delore is in that group too. I was talking about on top of him. Those are the guys that right now are the top of the board guys that I think are realistic options. There's other guys on the board. They're trying to recruit Kamar Archie. You know, they're trying to recruit a couple other players on the board. They're trying to recruit Nasir Wyatt. 
I, th- this is not going anywhere. I just don't think those are guys that, that really they have much of a shot at right now. So of the group of we talk, you know, and, and even Brett Clatterball, I think he's probably more of a second in line guy for them. It's really Madden Ferriamo. It's Christian Jones. It's Marco Jones. It's Noah McHale. It's Gavin Nix. It's Anthony Saka, Nathaniel Wusu Botang, and Antoine Delore. I think that's sort of the top group that they're they're reaching out to right now and that they really like. The question is, who can they finish on? That's going to be the key. There's a lot of guys on the board that they like, but who can they close on? Can they get guys from the top two or three group? Is it going to be more middle of, the, middle of that group, guys? We're going to find out. That's one of the big question marks right now in this class. Number five is the DB class. It's a very good group already. You've got Ivan Taylor, Ethan Long, Cree Thomas. Very good start. I feel this has a chance to be a really good secondary class. The question is, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because Ryan's going to dive into more. Ryan's This is going to be one of Ryan's main topics tomorrow that he's going to dive into about where things stand. Notre Dame has a chance to land a DB group that is as good, if not better, than anybody in the country and is, and is better than anything Notre Dame has done in 30 years. You're going to have to go back to the early 90s with Lou Holtz to, to find a time where Notre Dame did a did a had a DB class like the one they have a chance to get in 2025. Now, right now, today, they're in a very good position with Dallas Golden. They're in a very good position with Mark Zachary. They're in a very good position with Jadon Blair. They're also in a good position to keep all the guys they have in the class. But being in a very good position is a whole lot different than done deal. It, none of them are done deal. Dallas Golden's not a done deal. Mark Zachary's not a done deal. Jadon Blair's not a done deal. You've got to close. You need at least one of the corners. I would argue two. And, and Blair is more of a want, not a need from a number standpoint. But the reason that Notre Dame wants him is because they need more talent like him on the roster. They don't really have that on the roster. They don't have that 6'3", 6'2", plus rangy, can play everywhere type of guy. Jadon Blair is a must-get in this class if you're talking about closing the gap. Dallas Golden and Mark Zachary are must-gets at corner if you're talking about closing the gap. Now that Devin Williams is committed to Auburn, that's even more pressure on Notre Dame to get the job done with Dallas and Mark. And then, of course, from now, Mike Mickens now has also the extra burden of you now have to close on Jadon Blair. So Ryan will dive more into that tomorrow, but that's a big question mark, is it's going to be a good DB class. I don't see any scenario. I'd be shocked, absolutely shocked, if they strike out on all three of those guys. Shocked. But do they get one of three? Do they get two of three? Or do they get three of three? That's going to determine how good this class is, and that's the question. It's not will it be a good DB class. It's a how good. Is it a closing the gap type of group where you got better, you close it, this much or is it a is the gap erased now i mean is that the conversation we're having now is 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 the, is the gap erased that's the question so got to get one of the got to get two of the three the 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 goal here now is to get all three and it's possible it's definitely possible to get all three but there's still work to be done no doubt about that and then the final one and this is more of a bigger picture question when you look at the way Notre Dame has recruited this class in the last couple of years, there was a lot of guys that they went after that that the recruiting services to some degree liked. We all complained about CJ Carr's ranking on on three, and rightfully so, but they still have him as a top 250 kid. It's not like they have him as a three-star or unranked. 
you know, we thought certain players should have been ranked high. Jaden Greathouse should have been higher, but everybody still had him in at least in the top 200. We, when you look at this current class, there are some guys on this board that they have commitments from and that they're recruiting now who are way off from where their ranking is compared to how Notre Dame thinks about them. This class ultimately, not from a ranking standpoint, but from a success at Notre Dame standpoint, is going to tell us a lot about the evaluation ability of this staff to when it comes to sleepers. One area that I gave the previous staff a lot of credit for is they were able to find some under-the-radar kids that turned out to be really good football players. Can this staff do that? I think what this staff has shown is a an ability to go out and get top players, highly ranked guys, guys that other big-time schools want. They've gotten some sleepers, but this class, they're banking on it to a whole greater degree. I mean, if you think about like Justin Thurman at running back, uh, Elijah, or excuse me, um, Elijah Burris at wide receiver, Sean Terry at wide receiver, Will Black at offensive line, who now one service has finally come around on to a degree, maybe overcorrected. The other three, some as a three star, way underrated. Maddie Augustine, Joseph Reef, who is now starting to get more love, but was not a guy that was very people were high on when he got committed to Notre Dame. Uh, you, you look at some Cree Thomas. Is another guy, Ethan Long. These are a lot of guys, Josiah Kia. There's a lot of guys that they look at and they say, boy, these guys do not have the ranking profile that, that you expected. And for the people that are obsessed with stars, I see the questions on the board. I see the questions in the chat. And, and there's certain people like, it, it's fun. I don't know even why you ask me the question sometimes when people ask about the class, because it's like, there's nothing I can tell you that's going to make you feel better because you're never going to get past the three-star ranking. Ever. So why are you even debating it with me? Just let's just see how it plays out. But for those who care about the conversation about the talent compared to the stars, this is a strategy that to me is bold to a degree, has some risk involved to a degree, because taking projects, you're inherently going to have a higher miss rate when you're taking that type of player. How high will the success rate be for the staff? When you talk about, again, it's a big list. It's Justin Thurman, Daniel Anderson, Elijah Burris, Sean Terry, Will Black, um, uh, Maddie Augustine, Joseph Reef, CJ May was that to a degree, uh, but you know Dominic Hulak, Cree Thomas, and Ethan Long, Josiah Kia. That's a lot of guys. Where in the past, give you guys a little inside baseball. In the past, there were guys that Notre Dame would get that weren't highly ranked. That that. You know, you looked at and say, you know, they're they're solid players, but they're not great. And you'd talk to the staff at Notre Dame and they'd say, Hey, look, we like this kid. He's a good player. He gives us good depth. And you could just kind of tell they like him, they're happy to have him, but they don't think he's the next Jalen Smith, right? They're pretty honest about that. With this class, I'm getting so much more feedback from these coaches. Like, I don't know what they're not seeing, but we love this kid. I don't know what they're missing. Like, I'll I'll be honest, I flat out reached out to a source and I was like, I do not understand why you're taking a certain kid. I won't tell you that kid was because I, I, I didn't have a lot of film of the kid. I hadn't been able to really evaluate him. He wasn't ranked very high. And I just listened to this source, just kind of talk about this kid for several minutes. And you're like, you're talking to, are you talking about like a five-star kid right now? Are you talking about like a top 50 player right now? Like the, your excitement level is like way through the roof compared to what I thought it was going to be. So they genuinely, 
view this class as really good because of these type of kids, these sleeper type of kids. And there's some more coming down the pike. You know, let's see where the evaluation is with Javion Campbell and some of these other guys. But there's a lot of guys on the board. Like when I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you think of Elijah Burris, they don't view him the way you do unless you think he's a top 150 kind of kid, top 100 kind of kid. If you don't think Sean Terry's a difference maker for the niche that he's being recruited to play, then you're not on the same page of what Notre Dame is on. If you don't think Riley that that Joseph Reef has a chance to be the next Riley Mills, then you're not on the same page with what the Notre Dame coaching staff is on. Now, they may be wrong and you may be right. My point is not to debate that. That's a conversation for another day. My point is to simply say this staff with this class is banking on their evaluations to a greater degree than we've seen from this staff in the last two classes. And they are adamant about it. And we're going to find out if it works because it's either this staff is really good at evaluating players. And in this particular year, it just so happens that the guys that, because like in the past years, they've had the same strategy. It's just the guys they liked were more well-known and ranked higher. Like they don't think they've shifted their strategy at wide receiver. They just think Elijah Burris, unlike Cam Williams, is just not ranked very high. But they love him. Same with Sean Terry. Same with, you know, again, once he showed the 40 time, like, when you talk to them about Cree Thomas, they don't see a three-star kid. They don't see him as a depth piece down the road. They see him as a big-time kid. When they got Joseph Reef, they did not view it as a, this is a really good, maybe some did, but the people that were driving that commitment, they didn't see him as a, a nice little depth. But they see him as a potential down-the-road multi-year starter at Notre Dame. That's the reality of it. And same with Davion Dixon. They see him as a multi-year starter at nose tackle, three technique, wherever that he's going to end up playing, not a guy that's a, you'll drop down to three-star now. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, to see how this staff is able to continue recruiting. And But here's the other thing, too. If better players come along, as I said before, this staff is way more willing to say, hey, as much as we like that kid, there's another kid that's coming down the pike that we like even better, and we're going to make a run at him. And that's what I have found very intriguing about this staff, to be honest with you, is they're not taking low-hanging fruit because they're low-hanging fruit. They're not taking projects because it's easier to recruit them. It's easier to hang on to them. They genuinely believe, and there's nothing wrong with, with, with that latter. There's, I don't like the former. You know, you don't take low-hanging fruit just because it's easy to get. It's okay, though, however, to take this raw kid that is some, needs some time because, you know, you, you can get them. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not how they see this. For the most part, they think these kids are impact players. We're going to find out if they are right in their evaluation. I'm curious to see it. I don't know if they are. Uh, they're, they're With some of these kids, I agree with them. I agree with them wholeheartedly on Elijah Burris, wholeheartedly. Joseph Reef, I see it to a degree, but not fully. I like Joseph. I think I rank him as a top 250 player, but I think he's, he needs a lot more work than maybe they do. Uh, there's other players I'm like, uh, I, you know, I didn't like it when you – like Matty Augustine, I'll be honest. I did not like that offer when they first made it based on the film that was available, but I knew that they saw him at camp. He had performed very well and had grown and all those type of things. So I said, okay, well, we'll see how it plays out. Watched his junior film and still agreed. I didn't think he was that kind of player. As I shared with you guys the other day, it was wrong junior film. He reclassified. I was watching his 2022 junior film, not his 2023 junior film. When you watch his 2023 junior film, you're like, okay, I get it now. I see it now. So there's with some of these, I have not agreed with them. 
uh, as much as as I do. So I'm not saying I'm on board. The staff rocks. Go Notre Dame. I think in some cases I agree with them, and some I don't. But I respect the strategy because it's not taking easy gets. It's it's they're putting their reputations on the line. That's how they view it to because of their own trust and their evaluations, and that I respect. Now we have to find out if they're right. And I think that's the thing we all agree on that we want to see happen is that they are right. And so it's going to be fun to see. So that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. We did have one super chat I wanted to get to before we get out of here. And from Iden Banami says, do you like, do you think it's obvious when we have a short yardage back? I feel like these shows, uh, this shows our hand many times we put pain in is priced back to 100%. I do believe Jadarian's back to 100%. Listen, you don't need to show your hand when you put a short yardage back in because they know it's short yardage. They know it's third inches. You don't have to try to surprise anybody. You know, they know it's, hey, it's second and goal at the two-yard line. That's not like a surprise to the other team. So to have a short yardage back doesn't matter. You, you, what, Whoever you have at running back, that's not going to be the thing that surprises the other team. You only ha- This is your short yardage package. You're not going to run empty, you know, jet sweep necessarily from the one-yard line on fourth and goal and expect that to work really well because they're going to have everybody down because you don't have their depth to work with. You know, there's certain things that you're not going to do in those situations that the team knows. So just because you have someone in the game doesn't mean that you're giving it away. Your package is your package. You can put a different running back in there, but you're still going to run basically the same place is the point that I'm trying to make. So I don't think they're necessarily giving it away. Uh, I'm also someone that believes in short yardage situations. It's not about being cute. It's about my guys versus your guys. Make the call that gives your guys a chance to – not be out leveraged, not be outnumbered and things like that. That's your job as the OC. But at the end of the day, we're going to get in this call. We're going to make the call. And our success is going to be determined by my dudes are better than your dudes or my dudes wanted it more than your dudes. And then there's occasionally where you may, you know, try to call something tricky to, you know, hit a big plate. That's fine. But you're not going to do that primarily. So I'm fine having a short yardage back if a guy's really good at it. But I think there's also merit, and we will see this, where, hey, we're in the short yard situation. We want to put this guy in the game because we think we can get them into this look. And out of that look, we think we have a better chance to you know, have success converting this uh, this third down or this short yard situation, this goal line situation. So good question, Iden. I don't have an issue with it. And um, you know, get, they put him in there because he gets the job done. That's really what it comes down to. And as long as the player in whatever situation is still getting the job done, I'm happy. And that's what the staff is looking for. So, everybody, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for joining me. No IB Nation Sports Talk show tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Ryan and I will be back tomorrow. He or Ryan will be back tomorrow. He is going to do a solo show tomorrow. He's going to do a combine preview for Notre Dame players, which, and he's leaving, I believe, the next morning for the combine. He'll be down in Indy. So, he'll be covering that. He's also going to talk DB recruiting. And he's going to do an overview and an overall combine preview of some different topics that he's excited to see and, and questions that he has. So he'll have a, his own kind of rundown tomorrow. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday with another solo show. And then Friday, we're going to have a, we're going to have a show. I'm not quite sure what the discussion is going to be or who I'm going to be on with. I'm hoping to get a special guest on. I have right now an interview scheduled for Friday morning. I'm going to play that on Friday, but I want to make sure that that, interview happens before I start advertising it. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but lots going on and make sure you hit that like button, folks, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast, give us a five-star review. But of course, 
make sure you've signed up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you all again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.